Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Dee Bowden. Dee is an author, speaker, and founder of BCS Solutions, where she recovered millions of dollars for corporations and government agencies using three things, problem solving, customer service, and gratitude. The part of Boost Dee discusses is optimized relationships because they are a key to success in every area of business, including getting paid for services and products. Hey, Dee, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Thanks, Kelly. It's an honor to be here. I'm super excited to be your guest tonight and have this great conversation. I'm like a little kid who's just like, yes, it's happening. Well, look, well, look, we know that cash is king, right? So we are going to jump right into this very important conversation. But before we talk about that part, Okay. Share with the Boost uh, podcast listening community a little bit about your background. Who are you? And just kind of share. All right, Kelly, I'd love to. Well, first, I'd like to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening to your fabulous listeners around the world. I am Dee Bowden. I'm the founder of a company called BCS Solutions. I'm originally from Boston. I now live in Maryland. Fun facts about me. I love Ferris wheels smooth jazz and absolutely uh great red red and white wines so yeah so you can you can get me on a ferris wheel i can so i can see the eyelids of jesus it's about to be a great day secondly (laughs) you get me out there with some smooth jazz especially like back in wolf trap where we used to be able to be oh i know outside on the the blanket with some on the grass with a blanket oh my gosh and then some good some good wine so you know i i happen to love uh white blends and red blends so those, those those are my fun facts Nice. Well, you know, and now you got me thinking because now I'm thinking about Meriwether Post. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know so all this many. stuff we missed because of because of uh, COVID. Yeah. You know, I mean, all those things because, like you, I mean, I miss Meriwether Mary Post Pavilion for sure because the Capital Jazz Fest was like yes. my was my thing. You know that yes. as a kid, that's my jam. Yes. That was my jam. That was my jam <laughs> being out there. You know, especially what what you know because I did the I did the grass like one time and I was like, oh, this is not fun. Right. And then I learned to get under the pavilion. Yeah. Give me a good seat. That's where it's at. And then, then, you know, you go get your favorite foods, you get your beverage, (laughs) and you come sit down and, you know, you move move a little to the left, left, you're jamming. And then, you know, you get up and you walk around because, you know, obviously everything happens at at the main pavilion. But then if you get up and go, you know, start walking outside, you go to the other side of the the spot and then you get to hear, I think it's it's called Symphony. I think it's the other part. Yes. you get to yeah. see everybody else. So doing that, man. So last year, last year for me as a jazz lover, I was having a hard time. So between yeah. Merriweather, uh, Wolf Trap, the Kennedy Center, Blues Alley, um, what else? One other spot. But anyway, those are my spots. Yeah. The fact that I, I, you know, I, that's like that's one of my self care things. That's how I. That's how I re- rejuvenate is go yeah. listen to blues yeah. jazz. So, so what exactly though are you rejuvenating from? So let's let's get back on track because look, people are like we got jazz wine. So what am I re- rejuvenating from? Well, I yeah. personally believe that self-care is a very important thing. I think, as a matter of fact, I think COVID last year really taught all of us, because I like to say it this way, I feel like God put us on a, on a serious timeout <laughs> to, yes. to learn some things. Absolutely. And I feel, like, I feel like you have to learn to re- rejuvenate from some things in life. Mm-hmm. Now, you might have a stressful job. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you might have stressful relationships. Yeah. You might have, you might, you may have had a, a health issue that you have to, you know, come back from. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some people, unfortunately, who, you know, lost people, lost jobs, lost mm-hmm. things last year. And I think, you know, sometimes you to rejuvenate is basically is to refuel yourself from, from leaking out, if you will. Yeah. You know, you're, cause you're, you know, if you're, if you're on a, if you have a, a very demanding job, that's going to require you to give a lot of time and a lot of energy. So you're, depleted so mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you refill your cup so my, yeah. my my refilling of my cup is 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 uh is definitely smooth jazz like i said when i can get on the ferris wheel absolutely and then some good good wine <laughs> so gotcha yeah. gotcha so tell us more about the work that you do that you are sort of refueling or rejuvenating yourself from Sure. So I am I by so I am a dualpreneur. So by day I'm I work for a government contractor and I recover lots of money for a government agency that has awarded contracts to for services and products. And so I'm at the end of the administrative cycle. So the mm-hmm. contracts have been awarded, the work has been done, and then I'm dealing with the contracts and more particularly finances around how much money was awarded, how much money was billed and paid, and then how much money is left over. And so there are calculations that require you to, you know, dally up all these things. And so you're constantly, you know, um, reconciling things all day long and dealing with people and problems Mm -hmm. and problem solving. And so that's what I do. And then I'm building, I'm working also on building, um, building my business, BCS Solutions, which eventually will be um, my opportunity to teach, teach small business owners the art and science of collecting their, their outstanding invoices and learn it, learn to do it in such a way. So it's not so stressful. Now, is that the impetus? Like, is that how the birth of collect the cash? Is that how it got started or tell us? Actually, more? no, you know, how, you're going to love this story. So how collect the cash really came about was oh. it about 15 years ago, I used to work for a small IT firm outside of Boston, where I'm from, you know, how when you get hired from the company and they, they tell you, welcome aboard and here's your cubicle. Uh-huh. Here's your pu- cubicle. Here's your box and here's your plant. And so I sat down and they said, well, Hey D, We've got, we're, we're an IT firm. So we sell IT services. So we sell computers, uh, software licenses, et cetera. We've sold all of these products to a bunch of companies and they haven't paid us. And I was like, Ooh, how much they haven't they paid you? And they gave me my list of accounts. They're like, we're, we're owed $8 million. What? That's what I said, <laughs> girl, please. That's what I said. What? $8 million. They're like, for real, for real, $8 million. And so if you're in business and you have accounts receivable, that's 30 days, 60 days or 90 days past due, that absolutely impacts your cash flow. Yeah. So we're talking a small company, less than 100 people. And so when I got brought on, I was only a part-time collector. I worked Monday through Friday, four to eight. So they're like, welcome aboard. Here's your cubicle and here's your list of accounts. You need to go to work. So mm-hmm. as you know, I'm a believer. So before I could even sit down with this, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, God, right. chat. So my, my prayer column went like this. Hey, God. Yes, D. How are you? You know what? Overall good. I'm really good. But look here. Your word says <laughs> if you need wisdom, you need to ask. So yes. I'm asking you, God, for some wisdom on how I'm supposed to figure out how, number one, they got $8 million in outstanding invoices. But number two, I need a clue on how to problem solve. So in my quiet time, what came up for me was three things that business to business collections, whether it's business to business, business to corporations or business to government agencies, it's three things. It's problem solving. Number one, you're answering, you're answering the question, the what had happened was. How come mm-hmm. you get paid? Mm-hmm. Number two, you're doing customer service. Just like if you ordered sneakers from somebody and you ordered 10 sets of sneakers, but they only gave you eight. You're not paying for 10 sets of sneakers because you didn't get 10. You only got eight. You have to do customer service and solve the problem of how come I didn't get what I ordered. And then number right. three, my secret sauce is gratitude. I learned that when you would go back and say thank you to the people who pay you for your product or your service, and if your invoice got lost in the some system, 
if they take the time to figure it out for you and then get you on, in the queue so you can get paid, when you go back and say thank you, it's, it's a game changer. And that's what I learned that so problem solving, customer service, extending customer service and expressing gratitude are the three things that allowed me to collect $6 million mm. in 60 days while working part time. Now, what? this is a true story. This is, this is, this is, so this is, this is all of this is how collect the cash came about. So I get hired by the company. I work part time Monday through Friday, four to eight. I get, give my list of accounts of $8 million. Mm. I go to God, I get my clue. I collect $6 million. Now, the CEO of the company says, listen, we need to have a chat. So we're all, we, all of us, I think we're about to get a bonus. Ah, no. <laughs> right, because y'all got all this extra cash, right? Yeah, we're like, oh, we're about to get paid up in here. Yes, ah, uh, no. He says, listen, we're, we're going to have a conversation. So all of us, the entire company comes downstairs and says, listen, we want to thank you for your service. That's across sales, contracts, order entry, order fulfillment, accounts payable, and my lane, accounts receivable, aka collections. We've made an executive decision. We're closing the company. You've got 30 minutes to go pack up your box, get your what? plane, and leave the building. This is two months before Christmas. What? So 100 people, 100 people lost their jobs two months before Christmas, and I was one of the ones. Even after I, my team collected a bunch of money, but clearly we didn't collect enough money to help them maintain their cash flow. So they made an executive decision to close the company. So I lost my job. And after I recovered, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, I had some other words to say, but yeah. I, I, I was, it, this was crazy. And what came to my mind was that um, the sales weren't complete until the money was actually in the bank. And, and because they did not, because the director of sales and the comptroller, the, the CFO didn't have a conversation. I, I say this this way, sales and accounts receivable collections, they go together, like they date. And yeah. you got to know, like wh what happens on the front end with the sale is just as important with what happens on the back end. So I came up with the saying, collect the cash. The sale is not complete until the money's actually in the bank, but you must collect it first. Mm. And when I realized that this, what happened to me, I was, in a, I was a part-time employee working for, working for somebody mm -hmm. who's, who had a dream to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened with the cash management system, it didn't work. But we just came through, I just watched a bunch of companies last year, close, close, yeah. close close, close. And I kept wondering, I wonder how many of them had outstanding receivables, outstanding invoices that they said, oh, you know what? I'll get around to it. I'll collect it. But they didn't. And they probably had cash flow that they could have had. I'm not saying it, it would have prevented them from closing. What I'm saying is that the importance is the, the lesson is that if you have sales, you have to make sure that your sale gets complete and the money gets in the bank. You can't neglect collecting your invoices, whether you, whether you don't like collections. Yeah. You don't want to have go ask your customer to pay you. You can't neglect that part because that's how that's how people don't have cash flow to do the things they need to do, like pay their employees, yeah, advertising, do marketing, all those things. And so the the journey to to decide to write my story called Collect the Cash came out of what happened to me personally. And then for years, it's you know how you have something that happens to you. It's kind of one of those life changing things. You're mm -hmm. like, I, I've never been able to shake this. And it's always been with me. I don't care what I, as, as my journey and my career has, has, has gone on, I've always wondered, like, I wonder, like, what happened? And then, and then 
And now because I work with, you know, because I support, I support a government agency, but I also work with small businesses, I'm super sensitive when they call up and they say, I haven't got my payment. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me do problem solving real quick. Let me get to customer service. Let right. me do what I can to make sure you don't, you're not one of those businesses that's impacted. So this is a personal journey. And yeah. I also learned to bring my face to work and not yeah. in an overly like super duper way, but it was more like I had my, had my time. And then I learned that when I brought my face to work, I got to see, you know, the power of God helped me recover money. And then I, I saw God use that gift to mm-hmm. help me do other things. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And so I decided finally last year to write the story. And now it's actually a book that actually comes out April 20th. Like, so in five days, wow. it'll, be official. Oh. it'll be official. So here you go. This, this is the official. Nice. This nice. Is That's awesome. It. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is great. So what do you, it's funny because um, I saw a post this week uh, that said something about like all, all money ain't good money. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the notion of, especially as a small business, oftentimes we will, um, we have a gut feeling about like a, a, a customer and we go against our gut and we go ahead and we do business with them. And then on the other side of that, we then are struggling to collect the cash. And so what, what do you, where do you see, I guess, the trends in terms of the breakdowns as to why um, small businesses in particular aren't perhaps collecting cash the way that they should be? You know what, Kelly, that's a great question. Number one, here's a, here's a clue. If your gut, if you have that funny feeling that when you hit in the middle of this conversation with that customer and something just doesn't feel right, that to me is a sign that even though you want to go ahead and do business with them, you might you might want to take a, a, a pause yeah. and like let, let your feelings settle down for a minute. Because I understand, you know, when you're new in business, you're, you're chasing the sale. You're out yes. to actually get to get every sale. Because listen, you believe when you go into business, you believe that your, your, your product, your service is the next best widget that ever hit the planet, because that's why you start business. Cause you're out, you want to solve a problem. Yeah. When you, when you have, when you have that interaction that doesn't sit, doesn't sit or feel right. I, I, I agree with you. People override that because they want the sale. Yes. And once you get the sale, you've got this huge headache. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh crap. Or some other choice words. Oh yeah. man. I, 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 it, it, it'll, it, you, it'll usually come up this way. I knew I shouldn't have gone through. Mm, mm-hmm. I, oh, I wish I, these words, I wish I had just listened to myself. Yeah. I wish I hadn't done that, but we all make those mistakes. That's part of, that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. You yeah. end up doing that. So why don't they collect the cash? Number one, they don't track how many customers they have. Mm. They don't, they don't track them. They don't know. They don't know the name of the customer. They don't know their contract number. They don't know what they sold them. They don't know when they invoice them. They don't know when they're supposed to bill them. They don't know when they're supposed to get paid. So they don't track it. They have no system. Mm-hmm. Number two, they don't um, want to jeopardize, potentially jeopardize the relationship. So they won't ask the customer mm-hmm. to pay them. Right. They just, they're like, oh, well, that's my good friend. Sudden, sudden, sudden. Right. But, your, but your good friend has you in business. <laughs> for real, for friend. real. How good are they if they yeah. owe you money? Money. Well, right. And, and, you're, <laughs> and, and, and that part. And, and, and so people do that dance and they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to mess with the relationship. Right. I, 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 I firmly believe number one, Number one, if do you have an agreement with them to, yeah. p- to pay you for your services? Number two, you have to separate the emotion about it, and you have to realize that you're this is not a nonprofit. You're in business. You sold them a product or service, and you and either you or somebody who can do this better or for you can go get ask you for that money. And then number three, 
you have to, it's, it's, it's a part of the process. It's a part of the sales process. It's no different than this. When you bought your cell phone, you went to the store, David, welcome to whatever company it is mm-hmm. come in and they're like, okay, uh, Miss Leonard, we, 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 you know, we, they swipe your driver's license to mm-hmm. get the customer. And then they're like, we see you have such and such a phone. Mm-hmm. Those are for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. They are, they're, 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 as soon as they swipe your card, they're already starting the sale process. And then they're getting ready to see what you have and are you eligible for an upgrade. Next thing you know, they done brought up the new phone and the new gadgets and the new this, new that. Next thing you know, boom, you done, you had a sales, a sales transaction happen. Even before you even said yes, you're like, oh, you know what? Well, my, I've had this phone a couple of years. It's time for da 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 da. Right. Sale thing. Number two, the contract happened because you don't get to leave the store until they until they swipe your credit card. Number one. Number two, so they scan the back of the box. So the inventory happens. Number three, then you've got order entry, order fulfillment. Then how do I then number four is invoicing. They bill you every single month. That's accounts payable from them to you. Accounts receivable is you pay them or they got this magic button. It will disconnect your services. (laughs) (laughs) You said magic button. But it's and that's the thing is it's so. We are, we are a part of that process regularly, but we get so uncomfortable with actually having to be that process. And so it's funny, I reflect on when we first got started in business years ago, because I was uncomfortable with that. You know, when we first got started, it was like a lot of our quote unquote, you know, friends, or we had really close relationships with folks. And so it was uncomfortable asking them, oh, you know, I got to ask them for my... So what I did psychologically in order to work beyond that was I created um, account like an accounting email address and I acted as if I was someone else inside of the organization that was sending the invoice because then it didn't feel like it was Kelly asking for the money. It was somebody in the accounting department asking for the money. So it's like, let me, even though I may have known years ago that, that I was the one behind that email mm-hmm. address. I felt like that at least made me feel comfortable with making the ask and even leaning on the relation and say, look, you late now. So like, come on now. Like, where are you with this payment? We need the payment like ASAP. Certainly there must be some sort of mistake because the payment must have already been like, like, right. And, <laughs> and this understand is what's going on. And this is all part. This is all part of problem solving customer and customer service. Now you were smart to, to set that up. A lot of business owners may not know that they, you can set that up. You can set that up. So you don't necessarily, it doesn't have to necessarily be you. Right. You can have your system do that. But the point is you still have to do it. And whether yes. you do it or whether your system does it, you have to get comfortable with it. And here's the thing. You would never go into any other store and expect to just walk out the store without paying for things. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't. So I'm not sure. I don't know what the, the mindset is or what their fear is around asking the people for money. But I don't think I figured out is that they don't want to mess up the relationship. But here's the thing. I contend you're not messing up the relationship. You're asking for what you're due yeah. because you had an agreement. Prayerfully, you have a written agreement that says, okay, we have a contract. Right. I got 10 sneakers. I'm getting, I'm paying for 10 sneakers and we good. Or if I don't get 10, I get eight. You're on the phone doing customer service, apologizing for the fact there was a problem with the order, fixing it, and then making sure that I maintain the good relationship with you. Because as you know, it's all about relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dee, this has been awesome. Um, If folks are listening in and they are interested in connecting with you or purchasing your book, what's the best way for the Boost podcast listening community to connect with you directly? First of all, let me say thank you so much for the opportunity. So if you're interested in learning, learning, learning all the learning more about the Collect the Cash story and the collection zone, please go to www.collectthecash.biz forward slash book. That's www.collectthecash.biz forward slash 
book. Awesome. And all that information will also be in the show notes for everyone that's interested. D, it has been a joy connecting with you. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. Thank you.